0: Why is this case so long, Jake? Why is this case so fucking long? Can you explain that to me? Because I'm shit, like I'm tired. I'm running on three hours of sleep, and this case lasted like an entire week of my time. I don't know what the fuck happened. <laughs> I went through, I think I had like six different type of meals in the meantime, it would just not end. At some point, I stopped looking at the fucking screen, and when I came back, they were talking about the same things over again, like they were not resolved. And I was just like losing my fucking mind. I started watching TikTok for an entire hour, and I still had like two more episodes to go. I had no idea what happened with that case. Hi, welcome to turn About Breakdown.
1: I really like this case. I thought mostly it was well-paced, and it had a lot of things in it that I really enjoyed.
0: <laughs> well, that was a good episode. Do you want to hear the pun? <laughs> I want to go to sleep.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really interested. I think this is the first time we've really strongly diverged on a case.
0: I mean, m- maybe it's because, I mean, just like, like, put it into context, like, I started watching case like yesterday i think i watched like the first two hours almost like the first two hours uh and then i just got distracted and did like fucking i don't know uh something else uh and then resumed well i watch a bit like before going to sleep like 20 minutes more and i just fell asleep uh i woke up tomorrow and i was like woke up tomorrow I woke up today and i was like okay uh how many hours do i have left i think i had like I remember you telling me that it was, like, around six hours, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. I have, like, around four hours or so left. Uh, I, I I have no idea what happened because I felt like eight hours more. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I liked the case. I liked the premise. I liked the beginning. I liked the new characters a lot. I liked the music. I like I don't know. Like, it was... I liked the concept of the case. Uh... I have no idea what the fuck happened with the all the back and forth during that investigation. Like it was, it was going well for a while, but again, it's like I watch it all in a very short span of time. <laughs> I'm very tired. I just came from like a two week trip.
1: Yeah, I don't think the jet lag is helping for sure.
0: No, no.
1: Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought it was really fun, so I also started yesterday and finished today. And when I opened the docs this morning and I, like, read through what you'd written and I was like, oh, like, I could tell that you had stopped in basically the same place that I stopped. And that mm. was definitely after a part where, like, it, it really dragged, you know. So there definitely was parts like that. But mostly I was really, I don't know, like I said, I was really kind of involved in this case. Um, I was very endeared by it. Like you said, there's a lot of really good characters in- introduced. And... Yeah, mostly. There was definitely parts that were badly paced to me, but mostly it didn't feel that long, so... Weird. I mean, I got a lot to talk about, so... <laughs> you want to just go take a nap, it's fine.
0: <laughs> no, I'll just listen, no worries. I, I think I have a one or two things that I want to say. No, I mean, no, it's it's a good case, again. There are a lot of cool characters and whatnot. A lot of animals, which are which is great because they are also so cute. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, so something weird happened with with my head, and when I was watching this case, and I don't wanna, I don't wanna go through that again.
1: I mean, I definitely agree with you. I mean, we've we've been through the whole of our Study investigations one, and uh, I think maybe you just hit your limit <laughs> on people going back and forth.
0: I mean, I feel like the previous case kind of was getting like dragging by the end, but I remember being in this. But I think. I mean this one is longer. Um, yeah. That that's just a fact. But I, I remember like finishing the, the, the first case and be like, okay, this is better. This I like more. This can be like engaged throughout the case. And this one felt like a step back from that. Uh and I was like, why? Why are we going through like <laughs> the same fucking murder weapon one and uh, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Um well Let's start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about the, the intro to this case? Because you were enthusiastic at the beginning, I can see in your notes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. I think I'm only, like, one example away from being able to pitch something. Oh, like, the horror in the Easy series. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, it, like, that well, but it was, like, just this long corridor inside a prison, which is, like, pitch dark, and you can start hearing like this like this sound from a bell coming distant and like coming closer and yeah basically it's just like nightly gets fucking murdered all of a sudden <laughs> and there's a dog appearing and it's like oh very confusing but it's like the way the scene is it, like orchestrated is kind of creepy in a good way and it also says the tone of like i don't know like you see someone is like immediately familiar like getting killed and it's like okay what happened here yeah i don't know it's it's cool it's a cool intro
1: I really like that. I'm surprised. I mean, like you say, the tone and, like, the horror, like, element of it is really cool. But I'm also surprised this was the first time we've ever had, like, a suspect die right away in the next case, right? Like, Mm -hmm. that seems like something, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it was just so intriguing to open the case. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I was kind of just surprised that it had never happened before.
0: Yeah, it feels like a good way of, like, setting the stakes from the get-go. Because it's like, you spend the whole first case, like, quote-unquote, meeting this character and all of a sudden he's gone and it's like okay like has something happened and you know that it's like almost right after those events because it's like in prison but it's like in a detention center you, you learn afterwards so it's like the trial still has it like taken place and it's like okay like something bad happened like shortly afterwards and it's like okay i want to find out what the fuck is going on basically
1: Yeah, and so obviously Edgeworth goes over to the jail and starts to investigate. And pretty quickly we get the introduction of our first new character. There are so many in this Mm. episode, which I think is really interesting because last time we were kind of like, they introduced people kind of late and then we never really got to know them. But we also felt like there were so many characters that they kind of didn't get a lot of time to shine. But I felt like in this one, all the new characters were balanced pretty well. And we don't have that many returning characters, so that helps. But yeah, I mean... Uh, What was your impressions of Raymond Shield, Diego?
0: It's Uncle Ray. Who doesn't love (laughs) Uncle Ray? He's a good chap.
1: He's great. I wish they'd made him 50% less creepy.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. But at least they kind of... Like, every time he's creepily asked someone for a hug, it does backfire onto him horribly. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, okay. (laughs) But I just think it it does cause a bit of tension because he's supposed to be, like, this very emotive character for Edgeworth because he's uh, Edgeworth's father's old, like, business partner. And so Edgeworth ends up basically becoming his assistant through this whole case and basically trying on the shoes of a defense attorney, which as you can imagine, was one of the things that I really liked about this case. So it's kind of annoying that they, like... Like I said, it just makes S.H.I.E.L.D.s, like, that much less likable when he's also a creep. <laughs> and I also love the the way that he was introduced, where, like, he keeps talking about, like, oh, like, I'm, I'm like, watching your progress, Edward. This is obviously before he becomes his assistant. He's like, oh, I'm gonna report back to somebody. And at that point, we don't know, like, who he is and stuff. And it raises all these questions, and then Edgeworth just, like keeps investigating. Like, he doesn't answer any of them. He doesn't, like, talk about it at all. I don't know, that part of the beginning was funny to me. And the other thing about Shields that I wanted to mention is that his walk animation in, like, the sprite form is so funny. Like, he looks so... I don't know how to describe it. He looks like a very lanky man. (laughs) 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 So I appreciated that.
0: Yeah, he's a... Yeah, he's a good character, except for, like, the... I don't know why they make them... They make him, like, follow the usual, like, fucking Ace Attorney tropes.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely talk about him more, like, when we talk about Edgeworth in this case, uh, which comes in mostly towards the end, so. Uh, for now, one of the first things we learn about this weird prison is that everyone has a pet. <laughs> like you said, <laughs> it's very, very cute. They just have this shot near the beginning where they just have, like, a bunch of different animals. You picked out the horse. That one was a good one. Um, I think there was a rabbit in there. We saw the dog in the like creepy intro. Um, There's
0: a monkey. Yeah, like a different monkey than the than money than that we made before.
1: It's one of those like snow. What are they called? Like I don't know. They go like bathing in those hot springs in Japan, don't they?
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because they are all like standing still. And it's, like, almost as if they just put, like, fucking JPEGs on the (laughs) game, being, like, yeah, here are some animals.
1: What was that game, like, I can't remember, what was that game where they had, like, a JPEG of a golden retriever that came out, like, last year?
0: Uh, Ace Combat (laughs) 7. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's, uh, they're a bit more integrated than that, but yeah, it's not... I don't know, I thought they were really cute (laughs) still. And, uh, at one point... The dog from the intro walks past and like starts growling at Edgeworth and stuff, which is <laughs> used as a plot point later, but at the beginning here, uh Edgeworth just ends up getting in a staring contest with it, and it's extremely <laughs>
2: funny. Um
1: we meet another new character whose name is Jay. Except it's Jay Elbert, <laughs> which I hate very much. <laughs> Uh, he has a, he's he's an inmate here, and he has a polar bear cub that, like, clings to his front, which is extremely cute. The polar bear cub is called Rocky. So good. And as we're investigating, we get introduced to two more characters. Uh, Justine Courtney. Well, we should take these one at a time. Let's do Justine first. What was your, uh, impression of Justine?
0: Uh, first impression was, like, whoa. Second impression was, like, <laughs> huh. She's, she's, like, <laughs> she's, like, uh. I don't know if this is going to get me in trouble, but she's kind of like a religious slash Illuminati slash church slash type of person, which is like an interesting profile. Like she seems like out of like, I don't know, fucking Warhammer or something like that. I don't know. It's a cool character, but I don't know. Seems more of an antagonist type of character for this game. Uh, that's my guess, I think. Uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how that continues. But yeah, good first impression, I would say.
1: Yeah, like, it is interesting. She She's a judge, but she's also, like, on this thing called the Prosecutorial Investigations Committee,
2: <laughs>
0: who are
1: basically investigating Edgeworth for, like, breaking the rules when he went onto the president's plane and stuff in the first case. And pretty quickly, it becomes clear that she, or that the PIC, the Investigations Committee, is, like, extremely dodgy. Mm-hmm. and we will definitely talk about that more because, like, right at the end, she has a really, really interesting speech that I kind of want to get into. But, yeah, it sets up this really interesting kind of antagonist relationship between Edgeworth and his brand-new, like, oh, being a prosecutor is all about finding the truth and, like, it can be completely morally fine. <laughs> and then the prosecutorial investigations committee being like, you basically found out some truth that we didn't want you to find out about, so fuck you. <laughs> time back into that uh, fake assassination attempt in the last case. So it's nice that we have this overarching plot coming in already um, and it's a lot less convoluted than an AI one and just like a lot more, just a lot more engaging to me. I mean, it brings in this personal stakes thing again, which we talked about, like Mm -hmm. there not being any in the previous game. Like this is very personal for Edward. Like Justine keeps threatening to take away his badge, i.e. his ability to practice, like to be a prosecutor. And obviously like, He's so emotionally invested in, like, what being a prosecutor means that, like, yeah, it sets up some interesting stakes, finally.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is the case where we start seeing, like, all the stuff you've been mentioning all this time, basically, of Edgeworth, like, I don't know, coming into terms of, like, okay, what, what does it mean to be a prosecutor and what does it mean, like to him to your prosecutor yes during this time and like during <laughs> like the, the stuff that happens it's like okay this is cool this is which i really is, uh, like... thought
1: came in a study investigations one but it just doesn't which is so fascinating like i i really don't know like what the story is of why that doesn't come up but it does come up through this one and i've really enjoyed it in this case and i'm hoping that i will keep enjoying it so but like i said a lot of that comes up at the end in some really interesting ways so we will get to that but, to say again, like, at least it sets up some stakes through this whole case that, to me, helped a lot with the pacing. But clearly, <laughs> maybe that depends a lot on how invested you are in Edgeworth's internal uh philosophy.
0: <laughs> I mean, I I am invested, or I was invested for, like, the first <laughs> few hours. Then they lost me until the very end. That's fair. I, I paid attention for the last thirty minutes because I knew that there was gonna be, like, important stuff there.
1: Yeah, it is, like... It does definitely have like a dip in the middle, which is a real shame because like I said, like the end, not even 30 minutes, but like, like the last five minutes is so dense with stuff <laughs> that I'm just
2: mm. like, what?
1: But for now, alongside Justine, we are introduced to another character called Sebastian deves, a very fun <laughs> name. Uh, what? How are we feeling about Sebastian?
0: Fucking Goro Akechi looking ass. He's so funny. <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, this is gonna be the energy of this episode, like... <laughs> uh, I think you know that already, but...
1: Yeah, we are... We're 20 minutes into this episode. We've got the energy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. He's funny. I, I like his, his puns. You know, I'm, I'm amazed <laughs> with puns. I support him.
1: Yeah. Sebastian is a rookie prosecutor who just, like, qualified, but clearly isn't really qualified, and, like, doesn't know what he's doing. And, yeah, he... Like, he's equal parts annoying and endearing at this point, I think.
0: <laughs> it's funny to see how much of a pain in the ass for Edgeworth he is. <laughs> like, he's constantly yeah. being like, oh, like, complaining about stuff and, like, picking up stuff that he says all the time. At some point, he makes a bond with Edgeworth's uh, name and he's something like, oh yeah, I'm miles away from you. or something <laughs> Miles ahead of you or something like yeah. that. He's like, yes, fuck. <laughs> nice. Well. Uh.
1: At one point later on, he calls him Hedgeworth, and I don't know why, that just was so funny to me. <laughs> it doesn't even mean <laughs> anything, it was just like, I don't know. Um, also, just like, while we're talking about names, the kind of parallel between Edgeworth being like, kind of like a sword-like name and Shields was is a lot of fun to me.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, But... Uh, as we do the investigation, we are introduced to another, yet another character called Simon S- Simon Keys, sight hmm. Monkeys. the
0: Ah uh, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I didn't get that at first. Okay,
1: I uh, yeah, it's a lot. He's a circus performer who was at uh at the prison on the day of the murder, who also knew Knightley, and he is arrested for the murder, and so. I guess at this point, no, Edgeworth hasn't started like being uh the assistant yet but he goes to the defense he goes to the detention center anyway and uh simon is like really scared of him so <laughs> Kay is asking all the questions and like edward thinks of a question and then Kay asks it without him like saying anything and i just think it's so cute like they have like a little discussion afterwards where she's just like yeah it was so easy to read them off your face but i really like the idea that like <laughs> Kay is just a really good investigator and doesn't really know that i don't know i just thought that was a really cute little scene
0: yeah yeah she's great
1: and Simon's a fun character like I don't know what it was about him but something about his like animations and his like sprites just looked really like down to earth like you know how ace to characters always look so weird (laughs)
2: Hmm.
1: and Simon does because he's got those like big orange pigtails and like his clothes are like so mismatched and stuff but something about the way he like slouches and like I don't know something about it just seemed I don't know I just really like his sprites for some reason (laughs) At one point, he gets piloted by a monkey. Like he's supposed to be a animal tamer, but it seems like he has like a Ratatouille situation going on, <laughs> <laughs> which is very fun. I was gonna check actually. I want to know whether this came out before or after Ratatouille. So Ratatouille, the movie came out in two thousand seven. So I'm pretty sure this came out afterwards. Two thousand eleven. Yeah.
2: Oh, Somebody okay. Was-
1: Big inspired, I guess. <laughs> we so then we have a conversation with Shields, uh, where Shields kind of this is where he like reveals who he is and stuff and how he still runs what he calls the Edgeworth Law Firm because he didn't want to change it away from Gregory Edgeworth's name, which is cute. And he's like, oh yeah, like he still. Th- thinks that edgeworth is like this von karma protege like demon prosecutor type thing and so they have to talk about like how he's not like that anymore basically and i think it's gumshoe who's like yeah he used to be evil but now he's not basically and edgeworth has this line that says when you put it that bluntly it kind of hurts and i was like (laughs) uh (laughs) uh-oh this case is gonna do things um and then immediately after that Edgeworth has another line which is like oh I was changed by like being in the courtroom something 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 I can't remember exactly what he says the important part is he says uh, part of it is reuniting with my old friends and I was like excuse me (laughs) (laughs) that's kinda gay bro But it's just really sweet to see, like, Gumshoe and Kay talking about how Edgeworth is nice now. <laughs> and, um, Ray kind of, like, he doesn't really believe them necessarily, but through the whole case he, like, watches Edgeworth and by the end of it it's kind of like, well, i will get to that. But <laughs> it's nice, I think, to see, like, it's, it's, like, really interesting that, like, Ray doesn't automatically see Edgeworth as a good person and then, like, through his actions he kind of changes his mind.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's like, in um, the beginning it's just like, yeah, you've been under, like, bon karma's influence for too long. Like, I gotta trust you again, basically. Yeah.
1: So, we are then introduced to yet another new character, the warden of the prison called Patricia Rowland, uh, who has a fox companion, like a white fox. Actually, now that I'm thinking about <laughs> it, it might be like a stoat or something. I don't really know, but... Um, Which is so cute. It has, like, an animation where, like, Patricia will, like, hold her arms out, like, for a hug in the same way that Ray does. And uh, the fox also sticks his little tiny paws out. It's so cute. (laughs) How are we feeling about Patricia? I mean, by the end of the case, we're feeling a different way, but...
0: (laughs) I don't know. I like the fox. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We have have the Return of the Circus song, which I thought was fun. I really like that song, and I'm glad that it got used outside of about big top, which was a bad case.
0: <laughs> I mean, there are a couple, like, more callbacks to that case.
1: Which there were, are. like,
0: surprising to me. Like, a lot happens in this fucking case.
1: Yeah, I thought, like, uh, we can talk about how Regina comes back. Like, if we're going chronologically, it's not too far away. I don't know. I thought it was interesting because, like, Edgeworth wasn't involved in that case at all. So it's not like he knows who that is. But I guess it's more just like they wanted to have, like, an animal tamer character. And they were like, well, we can... Just make this tied into the circus.
2: Mm, I think it's nice
1: also to have Regina like separated from that case a bit because in that case, like she was so much of her in that case was just being creeped on by people. (laughs) Whereas in this case, there is no like, none of the other characters from the circus are in it. Um, Simon Keyes is like a new character. And there's like one moment where Rey is creepy, which he is to everybody. But mostly she just gets to like hang out and have a cool time. Um, At the end, she like gets basically saves the day by finding the murder weapon and I thought that was really sweet like I don't know it's nice to have her in a kind of case where she just gets a bit more breathing room really (laughs) there's a really cute part at the beginning where Kay like thinks about recruiting her to be the that you know how she wants two more people to be in the Yatakarasi with her Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: and it's just like a really cute interaction because she eventually decides that like Regina wants to make it too showy because she wants to do it like a circus I don't know it's just like cute about that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i think those two would be good friends even if they couldn't like become a thieving duo i later on Kay talks about joining the circus also i think she should i think they should be friends yep there's probably a fix about that
0: i mean you 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 would know better than me
1: <laughs> i'm sure there I is i will take
0: that guess yeah, i'm not yeah. gonna
1: go looking right now uh we have a lot to cover on this one i think um there's another returning character which is frank saw I
0: i recognize him like right away but i was like I wasn't sure about which game, like uh, yeah. he appeared in first.
1: Yeah, yeah, the very first case of the first game, and I think like this was a really interesting one for me because we talked a lot about having so many recurring characters in Ace one felt like, sorry, Investigations One felt like really pointless at times, like they were just shoving them in there for no reason. But something mm. about Frank Sora from the beginning really got me. <laughs> I think it's because firstly, it's like. If you're gonna add like a nostalgia character, adding like the criminal from the very first game, first case, which should be like a throwaway, it's just like there's something interesting about that to me. And then like seeing how he's been in prison for three years and like he's trying to like reform himself, and then towards the end it kind of turns out that he's like basically been corrupted by the system into like helping out the warden like do a bunch of illegal stuff. Basically, mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought they actually used him in a very interesting way. It was kind of fun to have him back.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely like as you say like one of the like a good callback because it's like yeah you you recognize him but it's like it's not like he shows up in the background like inside a cell or something and you're like oh it, would that be and that's it it's like yeah he, he gets like involved in this case in, a, in like an interesting way
1: yeah and I mean apart from I think him and Regina are the only throwback characters in this one right so
0: there's the uh, parrot also but that's more of a oh yeah I, I saw you in the background <laughs>
1: yeah yeah so and then so eventually through this edgeworth ends up becoming uh shield's assistant for for this case because like shield takes on the defense of simon keys and edgeworth like needs a reason to investigate the case like a permission basically and um i don't know like i just feel like this is such a better approach than last time where he was basically defending a bunch of people but like they didn't draw any attention to it and like this time, he like really has to think about what it means to defend someone, and it can- it comes up so many times where he's like, "Oh yeah, okay, if I was prosecuting, I would do this, but I'm not. I'm a defense attorney now. I have to like always believe in my client and like do all the like." Uh, you know, always put on my biggest smile type stuff, and I don't know, I think it's super cute. There's enough of that through this whole case, I think, to just keep me going, even when things are a bit repetitive. And it also raises this really interesting theme where, like, we kind of mentioned this already, but, like, there's this tension between Edgeworth and Courtney about what the courts are for, and Edgeworth keeps being like, oh, the courts are supposed to bring truth to light, which, you know, we've talked about how this has been Edgeworth's like philosophy since the second game and like how hard fought it was for him to like start believing that right but the thing about it is you kind of start to get the sense through investigations that like no one else especially on the prosecution side and like the police and stuff and like even in the courts themselves like Justine is a judge and like no one else believes that (laughs) Like, through the whole of this case, they're basically covering up the fact that that assassination attempt was fake. And then we have all the themes from the last game still, where it's like, oh, basically, if you're rich enough, you're, like, beyond the law. Or, like, you know, it was like, Alba, like, had all that immunity from, like, all those different reasons that took, like, six hours to get through. So it wasn't done in the best way. But, you know, like, that was the theme of it. And it's just so funny because Edrith is just like, no, surely we can fix these systems. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. I think we might have to tear them down. And I think it's kind of funny because you almost get that from Kay being like, no, we need to steal the truth using actual thievery, <laughs> like def- <laughs> like, like very specifically going outside the law. And obviously they don't make too much of that because this is not like a game made by and for leftists, <laughs> but like they kind of <laughs> touch on it in a kind of fun way. Um, but yeah, Edgeworth, um, do some abolitionist reading, IMO.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck. N- now I want like a pin-off game of Edgeworth being like an union organization <laughs> or something like that like please
1: yes I mean you know like when they have to like unions have to go to the bargaining table and stuff I think he'd be good at that if he mm-hmm, actually learned mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. some theory <laughs> it wasn't just like what if we cut with, uh sorry Gumshree's salary a bunch like he definitely needs to <laughs> he needs like a solid three years of like education before he can do that, but I think he I think he could get there. <laughs> um sorry, I'm just reading my note that says, Guess who? I, I who? I don't remember.
0: <laughs> Lang?
1: Oh, did Lang show up in this? Yeah. No, he only, they talked about him, but he wasn't there, right? Oh yeah, he was. He showed up like one minute for no reason. Again, this happened last time as well. Not last case, but like once in the last game. I guess in this one it makes sense because it kind of foreshadows that he's obviously going to show up again in another case. I don't think it's spoilers to say that because I genuinely don't even remember, but like it's just showing that he's still in the country. And oh, oh yeah, he also tells us that like he lost all of his men, which is sad.
0: Yeah, but every time like Edgeworld tries to ask him about Abel, What's been going on? He's like, you don't need to know. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, sure.
1: (laughs) I'm sure we'll learn about that at some point. Mm -hmm. Right before that, Kane makes a comment like, oh, uh, from my research, it turns out that women like men in suits, which is a weird comment in the first place. But then, uh, Edra says something like, I don't even know what Edra, just says like, okay, whatever. Like, I really, I love their dynamics so much. Like, he's so, um, what's the word? oh my god, what's the word? There's a really, really important word that I need to remember. (laughs) (laughs) It's like accepting, but it's like indulgent, that's the word. He's so Mm -hmm. indulgent of like her saying completely like off the wall stuff, I love it. Um, Anyway, she says, next time I'll investigate if men who wear frills look good to ladies and he says, please don't bother. (laughs) <laughs> Extremely heterosexual line spotted. <laughs> right after this, there's another line which is just chess is quite important to this investigation, which I just thought was so funny <laughs> because like <laughs> the writers were really just going for it on this. Like we already talked about how self indulgent the logic chess was on the last one, but
0: yeah, there's like a portal chess war now. It's like a key piece <laughs> of evidence, <aliens. laughs> yeah. Like. Fuck.
1: We talked last time about how Knightley was, like, super into chess, so whenever he he and Edgeworth talked, it just turned into all these metaphors, and now it turns out that, like, Dogen, the assassin, who we haven't talked about very much, but he's, like, one of the suspects in this case, obviously, uh, he owns the scary black dog. He was playing correspondence chess with Knightley, so, like, he really likes chess as well. He's, like, carving <laughs> his own chess set with, like, a big Cerberus, like, weird dog piece.
0: It's so cool, I wonder.
1: <laughs> they probably sell those,
2: right? Oh, like, let me look. <laughs> I want
0: to look, like, right now. I feel like Shaker's <laughs> too. I think so. No. And I look into it. I'm gonna look into it. Damn. Because it's so cool.
1: Um. Yeah, and then, so, like, this is where some of the pacing issues start to come in, like... We have this huge argument about how, like, the chisel could have got into the prison. Like, at this point, we think that actually it was the dog that killed Knightley, like, by biting into his neck. And, like, you still have to argue tons about how the chisel could have got in, even though you want to say, like, oh, but it was the dog. And then it turns out it was neither of those things. So, actually, in retrospect, it's even more annoying. Like, they could have cut that whole part. Hmm. So, it's stuff like that that they definitely still could have trimmed this case down. Like, I'm definitely not arguing with you on that at all.
0: Sorry, I was looking at the wiki at uh, the wiki page for the hound piece. It's called. I, I don't know if it, someone made like a three D print of it or not. Does no, it have its gonna... own
1: like? Are we talking about the Ace Tony wiki?
0: Yeah.
1: Wow, it has its own page.
0: Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> As it should be.
1: Shout outs to every single person in the world who maintains a wiki.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So good. Okay, sorry.
1: No, now I'm reading the Wikipedia page. It does say, it does say this article is a stub. Yeah, well, there isn't a lot to say. Like, I want to be clear to people who maybe haven't played this. This has no relevance to the case. I don't think it even gets added to the court record, right?
0: No, it does not. It's just like, like people mention, mention it and be like, oh, that's interesting. But that's pretty much it.
1: Um, We have the return. Of the secret weapons. This is very fun.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Basically only the metal detector, which I think is so funny because it's like, hey, Edgeworth, remember how we like use this to scan your mentor's shoulder and it caused like a whole thing
2: (laughs) with your whole like, (laughs) I
1: don't know, I'd be having flashbacks if I was Edgeworth and I saw that. And then, of course, the return missile. Very important.
0: Yay. I love that they never updated like missile sprites. (laughs) And they should never update those sprites because they' are perfect asses,
1: no, so yeah, then we have like some more back and forth with justine like i I wrote down like it's about how you find all the evidence during the investigations, and the difference I think we mentioned this before, but the difference in the trilogy is that you find these evidence in the investigations and you don't really know what it means, and then when you get to use it in court, it's always like in a surprising way, whereas in this one you use it to explain something that you've already had explained to you because that's kind of how Hmm. edgeworth's logic (laughs) works but at least we have the kind of stakes of edgeworth's badge being at stake and like justine and sebastian are fun to kind of argue with because you get that fun like interaction that they have or like dynamic that they have where sebastian will just say shit, and then Justine will very gently correct him like you would correct a toddler (laughs) like preserving his ego oh it's very funny (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and of course there's a lot of feels with how Edgeworth is presented having a fun time as a defense attorney's assistant um, but yeah I mean this kind of does drag on but we do get multiple pep talks from Kay because of that being like you can't give up yet which I thought are really cute and I think it's interesting they come from Kay because like Ray really takes a backseat and just kind of is mostly observing to see what Edgeworth will do so I think that's fun as well
0: yeah and I'm enjoying seeing like Kay be more involved right from the get go, I would say, like in this game. Yeah. Because yeah, it kinda ran out of time in the in like investigations <laughs> one.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: There's there's a line in this where Justine talks about how like how much effort Edgeworth has put into trying to get to the truth of the matter right by basically going against her theories over and over again and like we haven't gone into it but there's loads and loads of changes of theory in this case which i thought was interesting like yeah it does drag and they definitely could have edited it down but it's fun when it's like oh at first we thought it was jailbird and then i should have said i shouldn't have said it like that at first we thought it was jl bird (laughs) and then we thought it was dogan and we spent a really long time trying to prove that it's dogan and then it turns out that it wasn't him at all it was it was uh patricia roland and i don't know like i i find that really interesting um it does like like i said it does erase a lot of the earlier kind of evidence and sometimes that's in ways that's annoying like the whole chisel thing because it's like yeah in retrospect they easily could have cut that because like we already knew We already had a different theory in mind, Mm. but it's obviously not like I'm saying they should never mislead us because, like, having a lot of different theories in this was fun to me. Um, it's just it kind of needs to be streamlined if you're gonna do that as well, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like, we are used to like having like these long cases where there's a lot lot of back and forth, yeah. And when you try and pull like something cool with it, (laughs) it's like, boy, I am exhausted already. Like, I'm sorry, (laughs) but. That train has passed, yeah, like, I don't know, three months ago. But yeah, I mean, it's... Like, I, I wish I would have enjoyed it as much as you did. Because it definitely had, like, the potential for it.
1: That's fair. I definitely think, like... I don't think you, like, missed anything on it or anything like that. But I'm more on the mind where it's like... Like, you said you're already exhausted by, like, having played investigations one which i do understand but to me like i'm looking for stuff now like if i can find anything that's better than investigations one it really buoys me up (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so i like that but anyway what i was actually going to say is that when he's putting in all this effort justine says why do you not use your efforts for justice which is such an interesting line because what she is actively trying to do is like stick to her theory which she thinks it's true but like there's no reason why she shouldn't be open to other possibilities and we know that she's like suppressing the fact that there was a presidential assassination or that there wasn't a presidential assassination i should say (laughs) and like it's just such a fun line where it's like so actually clear that she doesn't consider justice to be like the truth which Edgar thinks it is but she also doesn't think it's like like it's not any like there is no definition of justice that includes like oh we're just making stuff up and we're just gonna like pin this on people <laughs> right
2: <laughs>
1: i don't know it's so so interesting to me like i just think that's such a fun i don't want to say villain line but like it just so shows like her perspective and like i don't know something about it just really got me
0: yeah Yeah, she makes a good case of being, like, an interesting character. She's also, like, in this case alone.
1: And I guess guess now that I'm thinking about it more, like, what got me about it is, like, this is a game where justice has been used, like, in one of the titles of the game. And, like, it's talked about all the time, right? And now we're kind of getting this idea that, like, maybe some people are using it, using the word in a way where it's like, hang on a minute. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. There's this real co-opting there, isn't there? That's is very, very interesting. And I think it's really interesting that it comes up in this case because it doesn't exactly go hard into, like, abolition, like I said, but it clearly shows that this prison is, like, a deeply fucked up place. There's a part earlier, which I didn't mention, where, like, Jay Elber does some shit that he wasn't supposed to do and he gets he gets into like, the, what's it called? Like, disciplinary room? And we never find out mm. what that is, but he's, like, freaked out by this idea. And, like, I don't know, it just really shows that this prison is, like, a genuinely fucked up. Up place. Um, I mean, all all prisons are, but like, I don't know, like, it swings hard for a video game from 2011 is all I'm trying to say, I guess.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: And I mean, Ace Attorney always has, in a way, like, I mean, if you think about, like, I always think about the fact that the second ever case in this game was like, a billionaire killed your mentor to hide his, like, shady dealings, (laughs) but still, like, in a whole case about, like, basically in every case you send somebody to prison. And now it's like, hey, this prison sucks, actually. Like, if you think about it, every person who Phoenix has sent to jail, like, okay, he didn't directly do that, but you know what I mean, has ended up in this prison like Frank Sore is here and he, he like is suffering in this prison and it shows how he ends up getting manipulated by the warden because he has no power in this situation into like breaking the law a bunch more times and like he has this whole thing about how he's trying to become a model citizen and like reform himself and stuff but he's literally unable to do that in this system and I just think it's, I think it's a really interesting, surprising, like the scale of it is surprising to me Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, on top of all that, we have the fact that the killer is literally the warden of the prison. <laughs> like,
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I think it's pretty intense.
0: Yeah. I mean, kind of with that, it's just, like, they paint, like, the assassins. I wouldn't say the mastermind mm. behind the, the murder, but kind of, like, you know, he threatens the, the warden being, like, Hey, if you don't do what I say, and if you're not, like, basically, like, under my thumb, I'm, like, threatening, threatening you and your family. I don't yeah. know. I wouldn't say that it absolves, like, the guilt. But it feels like kind of like a filter for it. Being like, <laughs> "Well, but well, you know.
1: Yeah, no, I do completely agree with that. Um, and that's a good point. Because, yeah, I hadn't, like, I had thought about that, but I hadn't mentioned it. So it's definitely important to mention. I think what's interesting about that to me is, like, you're right. It definitely, like, softens it a bit. Where it's like, oh, she was, like, under so much stress from the threats from this assassin who they say like oh he has all of these accomplices outside of prison so he could easily have like hurt her and her family basically and like that definitely softens it right but i still think it's really interesting because it kind of shows that like the prison is useless in like protecting mm-hmm. people from the assassin right so that's still like a pretty big statement still <laughs>
0: right yeah yeah i so, agree it's
1: still very interesting but i i do agree like it's not like oh this warden is like evil or like well i mean that definitely depends on your definition of evil (laughs) it's not like this one just randomly decided to kill somebody and it's not like oh it was the prison itself that like was the cause of this but i definitely think it still has like some very interesting themes going on Hmm. will it land them is a big question because like i said it still like approaches it from this perspective where edgeworth is like we should simply use the courts to find the truth and then i guess (laughs) send people to this prison that's horrible that we never Ever really resolve that at least as far as i remember the rest of the game does not talk about abolishing prisons but maybe i'm wrong
0: yeah i think he basically like mentioned something like oh yeah th- this place is dreadful and like you know his usual way of talking uh in the beginning but he <laughs> he does have like a phrase that is it's not positive but it's kind of like kind of like brushes away the, the first feelings and i was like mm, okay i don't know I can't remember it now, but but I remember just, like, reading it and being like, I mean, you kind of, like, switch sentiments there, but, you know, <laughs> you do you.
1: There's definitely still a sense from Edworth, right, where, like, finding the truth always still leads to, like, yeah, and then the logical outcome of that is that the person who committed a crime goes to prison. And it's like, you've shown why that might not be great but then you don't really connect those two things together. And like I said, that's asking a lot from a video game from 2011, but it's still worth talking about, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, To switch gears completely, there is a great part in this where Roland, who is sort of cornered, starts flirting with Edgeworth, and Edgeworth asks, is this psychological warfare? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Edgeworth
2: doesn't know what a woman is. <laughs> and I love that for him He's just too gay to function uh,
1: There's another really good trait of thought Not really on the same Well, actually, it is kind of similar where he says, would I do something so reckless when he's talking about basically bluffing about whether he has evidence or not? He like thinks it through for like a solid like six or seven text boxes. He like goes back and forth. And then he's like, yes, because right now I'm not a prosecutor. I'm a defense attorney. (laughs) And it's so funny. Then he's like, I'm turning into a certain bluffing defense attorney. And I'm like, that's gay. Mm. (laughs) And also just, I don't know, that whole whole sequence is very funny to me. And yeah, I mean, this was the part where I wrote pacing okay with three question marks because like there is on the recording that I was watching, there is an hour where we try and break down Roland, which is quite a lot. But like a lot of that is like surprising evidence coming up, like the fact that, oh, maybe there was another weapon like that we didn't know about. And like I said, that leads to that really nice moment where Regina gets like to do something interesting. And also it's a callback because earlier on we like found out that the alligator, oh, by the way, there's an alligator (laughs) in this and it reacts to the metal detector and like that goes by with like little enough fanfare that i had forgotten about it and i thought that was fun like oh it's a callback to like that foreshadowing that we just never resolved um and it means that regina gets to like get the alligator to spit it out basically and i don't know i just thought that was a cute moment because it was like oh it's fun surprising evidence there's like a twist at the end of the case and it shows off regina a little bit in a way that like didn't even really get to happen in the in the case that she was originally in, mm-hmm. so yeah, I definitely thought like the pacing was like weak in the middle, and like yeah, it could have been cut by like twenty percent at the end for sure. But I I found it alright. Maybe we disagree on that, but you know it's fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was just reading your your notes on like the final it's Like yeah, I had to, like sit down to like think about some of the sentences like say, but they are like great lines during those <laughs> like last few minutes.
1: Yeah, so so do you want to, like, like, are you ready to get into the last few minutes? Because I feel like I have so much to say about this compared with any other part of the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, right, eventually, you know, we find out the warden did it, and, like, we have, like, this denouement, basically, and, like... It's so interesting. So, like, I mean, this happens at the end of some cases in the trilogy as well. Like, there's, like, nice discussion at the end. But, like, I don't know. Something about the end of this case... And we've talked about some of these themes before, so that helps, definitely. Like, it's coming up through the whole case. But the end of this case is so... So interesting. So like, it starts off with Justine talking about what she is here to do, basically. She says something like, oh, it's so tragic that the suspect in the presidential assassination died before he could go on trial. And Kay and Edgeworth were like, there was no fucking presidential assassination. Like, what are you talking about? And she says, the truth is not as vital as you seem to think it be. Not to something, something which I cut out and not to the law. And it's like, that's such an intense line to give to somebody in your ca- in your video game about the courts, right? Like it's literally saying the philosophy of this legal system is like we don't actually give a fuck about the truth which is really interesting because we've already, we've done the whole trilogy and we know that there's like corruption in the prosecutor's office mm-hmm. but it's almost hand-waved because like by the end it's like oh yeah, well Edgeworth doesn't think like that and Edgeworth is like our main touch point for being a prosecutor and like, I don't know like it ju- it's just going so much more intensely into it than it ever has before. And I think that's so interesting in fucking Ace Attorney Investigations 2. The one (laughs) game in the series that's never been localized, I want to remind you. And like, it's a spinoff. It's a sequel to a spinoff. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird for it to come up here. I guess they just had a bit more freedom to be like really critical. But it's so, so fucking interesting.
0: Isn't there something like this? I'm guessing no, but that comes up in like later games.
1: Um... (sighs) Later games still talk a lot about, like, the legal system of this world is fucked up. For sure, like, they do in the trilogy. But I do not think any, like, antagonist goes as much into it, like, as Mm -hmm. Justine does here. Where she's just, like, straight up, like, I'm a representative of the court and I don't think we should actually focus on what's true. (laughs) (laughs) It's so, like so interesting and then it carries on because Edgeworth is like well that's not my philosophy which we already know and at first I was like yeah okay well here's the thing of it which I don't think they're ever going to get into and again I could be proved wrong on this like I really don't remember how the rest of this game goes too much but you know I thought it was going to be like oh well Edgeworth doesn't see it this way so I don't know like there's definitely like a get out of jail free card there for the writers basically but like Edgeworth just being like no I don't believe that that's true it's like okay like what are you got to do with it the system basically it's very very interesting and then like just seems like oh well the law isn't one thing to be controlled by one person and edwards like yeah okay that's true and i'm like yeah but to be fair like Edgeworth I don't want to say Edgeworth's right in this argument because I think his point needs to go a lot further. But like, Justine is definitely saying something fucked up here, right? So it's very weird when Edgeworth is just like, yeah, okay, maybe the law shouldn't only be what I think it is. And it's like, that's true, but it also definitely shouldn't be what Justine (laughs) thinks it is. (laughs) I don't know. That's I, such such a fascinating conversation to me, and I don't really remember where it goes in the rest of this game, so I'm so, so interested. I definitely remember like some stuff that comes up, but mm. I'm very curious.
0: Yeah, yeah I am curious as well. And then, yes.
1: on a more character-driven thing, Ray Shields is like okay, I watched you this whole time, and, like, basically, I agree, like, you've definitely changed, or, like, you're not, like, super influenced by Von Karma. Maybe you should just become a defense attorney. And, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense in after that conversation, because, like, Justine is basically being, like, they're, ca- like, all prosecutors are bastards, basically. Like, you can't be a good
2: prosecutor.
1: <laughs> uh, again, just such an interesting thing for a video game from 2011 to say yeah and like Edgeroth kind of takes this seriously in a very interesting way where he's like oh yeah when I was a kid I wanted to be a defense attorney because I wanted to be like my father there's that illustration of him as a child which is so cute with his little bow tie (laughs) um and then like a an image of his father as well and like this is the bit that I knew was coming right like I knew this was like the emotional heart of this but one I'm glad it's finally here because I really thought I came up at least a little bit in investigations one and it turns out it doesn't and two it's still here
0: for me a lot yeah it's i don't know it's just the same like precedent that i like from that one scene about hey how about a new life that's like oh fuck like you know what happens in later games i don't know Like that's <laughs> that's, the, that's the usual thing but now i'm like oh, what if like it would be interesting to see that like, we had like that one trial where like you know age was like basically working together with phoenix and it was such a great dynamic and i'm like <sighs> ah, oh, fuck, this would be great. And, like, <laughs> I think that Shields also mentions, like, oh, yeah, the three of you will, will make for like one hell of, a, of like, like a defensive team or something like that. And it's like, oh, I would like to see Kay in that as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Especially after, like, I talked about a little bit at the beginning or, like, earlier on in the podcast about how, like, it turns out she's really good at, like, speaking to defendants and stuff. Like, not only is she less threatening, she, like, has... The ability to ask the right questions, and then we also already know. Like I didn't mention it in this one, but we have like a little thief investigation in this, and like that's a really useful, helpful tool as well. I love the idea of it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I also love the <laughs> the final quote, uh, which I think I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna be thinking about for the rest of my life, <laughs> uh, which is Edgeworth saying, like, my father, like, thinking to himself, and then in bright hours later (laughs) he says save your game patch ends here and i'm like yeah you know what that's that i I will talk for an hour about that yeah yeah i know
1: that was so funny because i didn't see that so i think the video that i'm watching um okay let me talk a little bit about the localization because again i did a whole investigative piece on this and it is finally now out so yeah i linked to it in the last show notes but i guess if i'm talking about it in this one i need to link to it again
0: honestly linking like Throughout the season.
1: (laughs) Well, I will, only because, like, the localizers deserve their dues.
0: (laughs) Mm
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But something about it is that they released, like, the first two cases first to, like, draw up more interest for the rest of the game. Uh, Like, you know, so that they could get more people on board to, like, do localization for the rest of the game. And, um, that must be, like, what that person was playing who you're watching but they weren't what like i didn't see that on mine they must have played the final patch so when you sent it to me like it was just so funny like the (laughs) the like emotional like drama of the end of the case followed by that is like such a funny like i don't know it made me laugh so much it would have made me laugh so much more if it was like directly after that for me like it was for you as well (laughs) oh this is our first time for a long time going over an hour i think
0: yeah It's true.
1: Do you have anything else to add on this case?
0: I really like the way assassins show up in this game and how they're presented. (laughs) That rules. Like, that whole, like, almost, like, urban story of, oh, yeah, it seems that when when the assassin shows up, the last thing you hear before you die is the sound of the bell, and it's like, yeah, I love that fucking (laughs) shit. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I, I was thinking about it because I was like, what are the themes that have come up through this game so far? Because there are a lot of things that like tie over from the first and second cases. And yeah, it's fun that they were like, in the first case, we're going to bring back our like, assassin character that we have. And then in the second case, we're going to introduce a new assassin... <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand why they had to do that, because they had to be somebody in jail and stuff, but like, yeah, the writers of this game particularly were like, we just really want to have some professional killers in this one.
0: Yeah, and you can tell that the artists are always like, yeah, let's make like, the coolest art possible for this. time. Oh yeah, characters. he had
1: another really good uh, illustration, like we talked about last time with the killer as well. Mm-hmm. like this black and white image oh it's really good alright are we ready to wrap up and play the next case so the next one is also <laughs> Diego I'm sorry to say this but the next one is also six hours long or like <laughs> nearly seven I think
0: I mean I'm always open for it because I enjoy doing this podcast but I'll try <laughs> like nice no I can <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> fuck um now that I'm going to have more time, for now, because you know how that goes, yeah. um, I'm going to try and start it like, you know, pace myself out I think that's a better. good
2: idea, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because, like, I still don't think the pacing is going to have to split them like we sometimes do in the trilogy, you know? <laughs> Maybe I'll be proved wrong. Maybe we'll start playing it and we'll be like, wow, there's so much to talk about in this one that we should definitely split, but I don't know.
0: Yeah, I don't think so, because, like... I don't know, even even though we have, like, a lot more to talk about in this one. Like, the middle parts, like, you can, like, just almost skip, like, three hours of, like, the case, not focus on it, like, too much. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I think we're good to to go through this whole one, and hopefully you'll be able to break it up a little bit. (laughs) I honestly have no memory of it, really. I saw a, you know, YouTube thumbnail, and I was like, cool, I vaguely remember this, so we'll see how it goes.
0: Yeah, I saw the pictures, but that was it, in the thumbnail as well. So, that's all I know.
1: Well, two weeks then. We will get onto that. I don't even report the name of the cases, but whatever it is, we will play it. Thank you so much for listening. You can find me on Twitter at jmcastello, and you can find the show at breakdown.aa.
0: And you can find me on Twitter, I don't know, doing something, at dorrwisho66. I thought you forgot my
1: Twitter handle for a second, then I
2: was like, I
0: can help. Do you want to hear the pun? Of course. Okay, this one doesn't need any introduction, any like fiction uh, around it or anything. It's just like, um, the beauty <laughs> and the best. <laughs> That's
1: them. That's Justine and Sebastian.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't use that in the localization, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I like w- what I think about it. Future. I was like, I was like, oh, I'm so smart. And at the same time, I was like, mm, maybe, maybe, like, this was on purpose. But I didn't, like, search anything, just in case.
1: There's probably, I bet there's a fanfic titled there about those two. <laughs> like, I don't know how much fanfic there is with those two, but, like, I want to read more about Justine, like, having to manage him. Like, it's a very, like, motherly kind of relationship, I think. And mm. I find it so interesting because she's, like, she's so patient with him. And I wonder whether it's sort of um, because he's useful to her to like have a prosecutor under her belt or whether she's just nice it's really hard to tell to be honest so I'm curious to see more of that as well
0: I guess we'll find out in the next episode wow what a cool transition I'm proud of myself for that thank you (laughs) Good night. I'm going to sleep bye
2: bye